when when you're doing a um, uh, the randomization uh, sampling distribution, what you're doing is you're assuming that the null hypothesis is true. So it, I, when I looked at that, I was like, oh, that's just that it's it's much more complicated than, or they make it out to be more much more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. So and I unfortunately these are pulled from the textbook, and so I can't really change them too well. But yeah. So that's a, a more just a poorly written question. And is D asking like, what is it going to be like right school? I mean, right school, first school kind of thing. What is that? Uh, so. Um, so it's asking about, you have the randomization sampling distribution, which is going to be like this. And so then, um, what is, so when we talk about distributions of quantitative variables, it's going to be, um, they're going to want to know the shape of it, uh, the center of it, and the spread. Like those are the three key things that you'll always need to know about a distribution. And if it's uh, bell-shaped like this, you can kind of know a lot of stuff about it without having any numbers. So um, the this uh, where would the well let's see let me think the um, the the center of a random so the center is you know the, the mean and so what would if if we're assuming that the null hypothesis is true what would be the center of this distribution of the sample statistics. Chelsea? Uh, well, so, okay, that's right. If this was a sample distribution, so, okay, and so when the null hypothesis is true, what is the mean? Like for this example, if you guys can remember. Oftentimes, when, when the null hypothesis is true, what's the value of our sample statistic? Why? Okay. Yep. So a lot of times, almost always, when, when you're doing um, your, your randomization sampling distribution and you're assuming that the null hypothesis is true, it means that you're assuming that the sample statistic equals zero, like there's no difference, no effect. And so then the center of the randomization sampling distribution will be zero. What I'm, I'm going to uh, pull back and I'm going to attempt to summarize or to bring together everything we've done up until this point that I think will help sort of help you see how it all fits together versus like we got bootstraps over here, randomization over here, standard error down here. This. Um, what I'm going to do right now, I think, well, it'll help you for the exam, and it'll help to um, sort of bring it all together. So, um, so let's see. We'll start right here. We have a population. Okay, and so what is um, what is a population? Just generally speaking. When we say, in, in statistics, when we say population, what is it that we're referencing? All individuals of interest. Okay. Interest. So can you give an example of a population? Like if you're going to do a study, 
What's uh, an example of a population that you might study? Um, city of Durham. Okay, so all the people in Durham. Okay, so let's just call this uh, Durham. Okay, so I don't know how many people are in Durham, but let's let's say a hundred thousand people. I can't go around and, and interview all hundred thousand. So what am I gonna do? I wanna I wanna find out information about Durham. So what am I gonna do? A random sample. Perfect. So so I pull from this group, you know, all these different people randomly, and I create a random sample. And it's key that it be random. Um, <clears throat> and uh, if it, if it's um, if it's not random, what what are some some problems that we would have, Rachel? It could be biased. Okay, it could be biased. And so, like if yeah, if I just picked all of my friends, it might be people younger versus older or whatever. Okay. And then uh, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to collect data on this sample. And uh, what what are the two types of, of um, variables that, that we could be collecting on this sample? What are the two types of variables? Okay, categorical or quantitative. Okay, and with um, categorical variables, um, what are um, the the uh, descriptive statistics or the sample statistics for categorical variables? Okay, and what's the symbol for that? P hat. P hat. Very good. Okay, and for uh, quantitative variables, we can find out a lot more information. So what can we learn from, what, what summary statistics or sample statistics can we get from quantitative variables? The mean. Okay, what's the symbol for mean? Yeah. No, I, that's where I'm getting the mean. You're close. X bar. X bar, okay. What other things can we get from from quantitative variables? Minimum. Minimum. Yep. So that would be min and max. Okay. Q1, Q3. Um, what's what's that? M. The what? The median. Median. Yep. Um, let me see if I. So that's. That's good. Those are some of the, the quantitative. Um, and then after, so like when we, let's say we have categorical and we get a, a proportion, a p hat, um, we make, we take this information from the data and we make inferences about the population. And so then um, what would be the, um, the, the symbol for proportion at the population level, the population parameter. Close. That's for uh, mean. A P. Yeah. So you get. So you have sample statistics 
and population parameters. And you know, I will be, I'll, sometimes I'll use words, I'll say like, give me the mean of this, or I might just say, x bar is this. And so you need to sort of be able to toggle between um, symbols and words and kind of know. So if you see uh, p hat, you'll need to know that's the, the sample proportion. Um, so then uh, we, we take our sample and uh, let's use, which one should we, let's use, we'll use proportion. So, so we gather data and this is, um, we'll say the, the proportion of people who smoke, okay? Um, and so the, the, uh, I'm going to make this easier. We're going to use X bar because it'll be easier for you guys to see. So we're going to do height. Um, and so we've collected data. Let's see. How big is our sample size, McKay? Um, 500. Okay, 500 people. Yeah. So N equals 500. So we, we collect data on people, and uh, we have a distribution of values. So what type of distribution is this? What would be the name, the general name for it? Okay. That, yep, that's describing the shape, so that's good. Um, so what it, it's, um, I'll just help you, it's, it's the, the sample distribution because it's the sample values. So these are all, um, and the way we, we constructed is, remember the, um, the histogram that sort of, you put in dots, all the way up, these are, each, each dot can someone make an attempt at what each dot would represent in the sample distribution? Person. A person. And what about that person? If we're um, we're measuring height, mm -hmm. so what would it be about that person? Yeah, their their height. And so, so you can kind of see that, you know, in in the population, a lot of the people are going to be sort of around similar heights, but then you're going to have a few people on, on either extreme, some really tall people, some really short people. But it's important uh, to remember that this is our, our sample distribution. It's the distribution of values um, for whatever variable that we're measuring. And so let's say um, the average height is uh, 60, 65, no, 64 inches. Okay, so so we we have a population of Durham. We took a sample of 500, and then we looked at uh, we measured everyone's height, and uh, the the sample mean is 64. So then, um, if I want to know um, sort of what the av if I want to make an inference to the population of what the um, the the mean height of people in Durham is. Um, what, what would be my best estimate at the mean height of people in Durham? Will be a what? 
my best estimate for the mean height of people in Durham. What is the age bar? 64, sorry. 64. So, so our it's going by inches? Well, yeah, inches. Right. Yep. So our, so our best estimate would be 64 inches. Um, but this is just based off of one sample. And so we don't, we don't know um, how much this sample statistic, sam the sample mean varies. So what would we do if we wanted to find sort of our, our confidence interval? Like sampling distribution? Uh-huh. What type of sampling distribution? Well, so we want to find a uh, confidence interval. So what we're wanting to find is, is the, um, the distribution of sample statistics, which is um, sort of like uh, if, we, if, we re if we drew another 500 and, and calculated the mean height and then drew another 500. So we want, a, we want like 1,000 sample statistics or sample means because we want to look at the, the confidence interval of this point estimate. So, so there's randomization sampling distribution. What's the other kind that we do? Bootstrap. Bootstrap. So, and this is this is kind of the reason why I want to walk through all this is so you can sort of see when you do a bootstrap and when you do um, a randomization. So, we're going to do a bootstrap. Uh, bootstrap distribution, and now um, what is the center of our bootstrap distribution? What's the actual value of our bootstrap sampling distribution going to be? What do you say, Chelsea? Uh, y zero. <laughs> Well, okay, so when we generate the bootstrap distribution, what information are we using? Remember when we did the, um, the Reese's Pieces? We had the bag of Reese's Pieces, and we couldn't go to the Hershey factory, so we used our, our random sample of the Hershey factory, which was the bag, and I would pick out one Reese's Pieces, sort of write down the information on it, and then put it back in, and then I'd pick out another one. So where was I, I pulling... My where we point our information from when we do a bootstrap sampling distribution. Uh huh. So if, if we're pulling from our original sample um, to to generate the thousand new ones, what would be um, at the end? What would be the mean va mean va mean height uh, of that distribution over there? Yep, it would be yeah, it would be basically 64. Because if you do a thousand, the the combinations that you pull out are ultimately going to sort of converge on 64 because you're you're pulling from the same sample. So so then this is important that that you understand that the bootstrap distribution, um, the center of it is going to be the same as the center as your of your original sample. So it. it and it's, it's because you're pulling the information from your original sample. So bootstrap samples should be the same as the original? Yes. That, well, that, as far as that information goes? Yes. So each 
individual time you run it to get the bootstrap sample, it'll be different, but the total. The the mean. Yeah. So that's like all. That's not like each time you run it. No. Yeah. So again, this is a distribution. We could put in dots. Um, so, so this is the bootstrap sampling distribution, and, and what does each dot represent there? Each sample. Uh, and w yeah, each sample, and what, what specifically about each sample? The, the mean, yeah, the mean what? Of what, of what characteristic? You're getting it. So we're, we're interested in the height of people in Durham. We took one sample, which was individual heights, and then we took the mean value of those individual heights to get a sample mean. But we want to know how much the sample, sample statistic varies if, you know, by doing different samples. So then um, we could have taken 1,000 new samples from here, but we didn't have the money to it. To do it, so we did a bootstrap sampling distribution where, just as Chelsea said, each dot represents uh, a sample of 500, and in each of those samples we have the height, um, we can calculate the mean height. And so what each dot ends up being is a sample statistic, which is the mean height for that particular sample. Did I lose someone between here and here? Please say again. So, so each dot here represents a sample statistic. Which, and what's the sample statistic that we're sort of focused on with this, with this example? Mean, mean height. So um, let's see. OK, so then we know, and then we, um, you wouldn't know this, but I would provide this information, or, or a stat keyword. The uh, standard deviation of this is um, 0.01. And actually, you, you, I wouldn't make you calculate it for this larger number, but um, standard deviation for this is uh, 3. Now, does that all work? So they, they're not. They're, they're different because, okay, and I'll walk through this. So this is the standard deviation of the sample distribution. And so, um, let's see. Uh, okay, so um, let's, let's look at this example. Uh, so the, the mean height is 64, and the standard deviation is 3. And I have a friend who... Um, He's uh, actually. I'll, uh, I have a friend. He's uh, he's uh, five feet tall, and and so how many inches is that? Sixty. So that's so my friend XI. His height is sixty inches, and um, he's 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 really bummed because he thinks he's uh, super short, and he thinks he's really unusual because he's only sixty inches tall. And, and so he thinks he's, you know, the only one out there who's that height. But um, if, we, if we had this information about Durham, we knew that the mean height was 64 and the standard deviation was 3, um, 
and, and you wanted to sort of uh, console him and say, uh, hey, you know, you're really not that short compared to the population. Or you might say, yeah, you are pretty unusual. How could you use this information here to, uh, to sort of help him see where he fits in the distribution? Brittany. Um, we talked about the standard deviation, and then from that, I got to the score. Okay. How far would we use from that? Okay, so how would we do that? So I gave you the standard deviation. <laughs> so you would um, take his height, uh -huh. subtract it, first so. his height minus the um, x bar, so 64. Okay. So that would be negative 4 over 3, which is 1.333. So equals, and so what is this value? That's the z-score. Okay, so, so you tell them, ah, oh, don't worry, you have a z-score of negative 1.33. What does that mean? I so mean, what would you do with that then? Well, I mean, what, you can, he's uh, within like, Okay. So. Two standard deviations. Okay. So, so what would be the upper bound of the standard deviation? Okay. And then the lower bound. Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. You guys following this? Like, she just sort of created the 95% confidence in it. Say that? Oh, okay. So, uh, Brittany, explain. It's two standard deviations in each direction. So, the standard deviation is three, so you multiply that by two, you get six, and then add So, like, one standard deviation from the mean would be 67, two standard deviations would be 70. So, um, so again, my friend here, he's 60, uh, 60 inches tall, and he wants to know, he thinks he's unusual, but Brittany says, your z-score is actually negative 1.33, <laughs> he's like, what? So can Rachel interpret this in, in, in context of this graph? Uh-huh. In which direction? To the left. Okay. So your your one point three three standard Three. deviations from the mean. So it's basically uh well oh actually that's funny. So what is one point three three times three? Four. Good. So so you well, go three nine nine. Yeah, yeah. So you so you go back, you're, you said your four standard, I mean, um, your 1.33 standard deviations below the mean. And so your four below the mean, which is 60, which is actually what that person is. And so then, so here's, here's this person's, here's this person's uh, position or location on the distribution and they want to know, am I unusual or not? And so then, Chris, what would you say? You're still in the 95% range. Yeah. 
So you're you're not that unusual. Yeah. So you're 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 sort of within the general range. Like you're not one of these extreme people. Okay. So the Brittany. Okay. So, but this is so. This is important to know. This is sort of what we're able to do with sample distributions. So, you, and you can do this sort of, you know, with SAT scores or whatever it is, and you kind of want to know, well, where do I fit on the distribution? So then, if we go over here, um, uh, this is the standard deviation of the sampling distribution. What's the? What's another name for that? Another name for standard deviation of the um, sampling distribution. Standard error. Standard error. So, standard error is another. So, and it's basically so that you don't get confused between this standard deviation and that one. And so, uh, so when we talk about my friend who's 60 inches, that's like a separate thing. We're we're done talking about that. Um, we're back to talking about um, what, what Tim wanted to know of, or I forget who it was, the average, the mean height for the population. And our best estimate was 64 inches, but we want to then generate a confidence interval for that estimate. And um, would we use this distribution or that distribution to calculate the confidence interval? So this is our, our best estimate, but we want to know how much that sample statistic varies in order to calculate the confidence interval. So which, which distribution would we use? Brittany? Okay. So in which, can someone give, does someone know the equation for confidence interval? of a point estimate. Sample mean plus or minus two times standard error. Okay. Sample mean plus or minus two times standard error. And and um and that gives you the what what percent confidence interval? You got it. Ninety five. Yep. So that provides the 95% confidence interval. Yeah. So is that the same equation for the in this equation here, which which of these is the point estimate? The point estimate we already determined back here. Does that make the point estimate is sort of our best estimate of the population parameter. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's the point estimate. So if I put in here point estimate. And does anyone know what this part of the equation another name for it? Written? Margin of error. Margin of error. So yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Chelsea. So what if like the, isn't it a 
Y yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Yes. Yeah. It's sort of, what's the range of plausible values for this, for this point estimate? Um, so then, if we were going to calculate the 95% confidence interval, how, let's, let's keep walking through this equation. Okay, do you want to give a, a stab at it? Um, so V is 64 plus or minus T times Yes, perfect. And so, equals six. So then the range would be, let's Does that make sense, Chris? It's fine. I mean, I more. I mean, I think the math is right. But um, so, so this is important to realize. The we're, this is our our confidence interval. Our, our so we gave sort of okay. Our our best estimate of the mean height in Durham is 64 inches, uh, and we're. 95% confident that the true population mean will fit within this range. You don't really know. What? We don't really know. You don't really know unless you actually went and did it. But, but so, so the point estimate gives the best estimate, and then the confidence interval kind of uh, sort of strengthens you. It it reduces your precision. But it's sort of strength. You can say I'm 95% confident that it's within this range. And so, what's a? Um, and so it's important that. Okay, you see this range is a very tight range between. You know, it's really close. If you tried to calculate the confidence interval using this information, you would have a range of 58 to 70, and that's not. That all this is doing this 95%. It isn't a confidence interval. It's just 95% of the sample values fit between 58 and 70. So you should, if you have a really, really large confidence interval, you know something's off because um, the confidence interval should be pretty tight if you have a large sample size. Um, so what would be the second way? to calculate the 95% confidence interval for our point estimate. Brittany? The what? Okay. Yeah. Percentile method, and what is that? So, um, so in the reason, so like, let's just do the 95% confidence interval. 
if we're doing a 95% confidence interval, what would, and this is the 95% points, the upper bound, the lower bound, what would these values be? You want to try, Rachel? So we want, we're calculating the confidence interval for this point estimate. And we already... So you just draw the lines? Or? Well, if, if I said, if in, in the exam or whatever, I, or I showed you, okay, here's the... Um, the uh, if I said, yeah, 95% of the, the values fit within these two bars, um, what would the points be? If we if we've already we've already calculated it one way, so so then I, I might be making it more confusing than it needs to be, but it's basically yeah, you know that this is going to be here and this is going to be that one. You just you know if you plug in these values here and here, that creates the the 95 percent percentile method. It's just it's sort of telling you the same thing, but coming at it from a different direction. So you basically can you have to answer for like that equation before you can do the percentile method. You can't do like the percentile method then that way. Yeah. Well, so so the percent. Yeah, like with with stat key, we could uh, say. Um, show me where 90, the middle 95% of the values lie, and then it will draw those lines for you. But I might say um, the, uh, well, okay, no, I guess there is, a, I mean, there's, so there's multiple ways to do it. I could, you could just do, if I just gave you this information, the standard error is 0 0.01, and I said, give me the 95% confidence interval, like on the graph, the way you would do it is to get the 95% confidence interval, how many how many standard errors do you go out? You go out two, so you go to this point would be 64.1, and this point would be 0.01, and 64.02, and then you go in this direction, it would be 63.9. You already have the seven deviations. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But you're you're also you're only have a sixty-four, right? What? You like with the sixty-four figures, you just said you're yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah. Often when you get distributions, they typically tell you the mean and the standard deviation. Um, but I might say the the sample mean is sixty-four, and and then you would have to kind of know that the the center of the bootstrap distribution. Is the sample mean? So. Uh, cool. Because sometimes I see that, and I always think the different number. Yeah, but then I, I might also say, in the standard deviation of the of the sample uh, distribution is three, and then you'll be like, oh crap, do I use three or do I use point zero one? Yeah, but in so the heat of the moment, you might be like, oh wait, which one? Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah but except for the 95% because you just know. Right, but that's the same as doing. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, and actually, that's where this number two comes from. So, if we changed our um, percentile to uh, like 99 percentile, you would, add, you know, to do the percentile method, you'd say, where do 99 percent of the middle values lie? Or there's a way to do this equation where you change this number to it's like two point. It's a little bit more. It's going to push you out further. So, okay. So this is. This is bootstrap, and so then uh, we're going to. So I want to I want to take this and have it be a, a part of um, where where hypothesis testing comes in and uh, randomization sampling. So let's say there. Um, I see how to set this up. Um, let's say there's previous research that was done, and it, it concluded that um, that the mean height in Durham was 63.5 inches. And uh, and so, but we we come along with our fancy random sample and stuff, and we say. I challenge that claim. There's a claim out there that the mean height is 63.5. And, and I come along as the, as the social scientist and I say, I'm going to challenge that claim and I have an alternative hypothesis. My alternative hypothesis is that the mean height is actually 64 inches. And so if I was going to sort of set up a hypothesis test, um, how would I construct that? What would be my what would be the null hypothesis? So what's sort of the the sort of common belief that's out there? Yeah. Uh, well, in most cases, yes. And so, but because I can't have a mean height of zero, <laughs> I, I mean, so you're right, um, but. For this example, the, um, the, the claim that's been out there or existing is that, is that the, the mean height is 63.5. Is that what our hypothesis would be? Yeah. Yeah, sort of what, um, a lot of times though, um, it's uh, that, there, that there's, it's usually in relationship to like a difference in mean, or but I don't want to like sort of add more variables to this equation. So, but this would be uh, mean height would be 63.5, and so then our alternative hypothesis would be would be what? This is our this is I, we come along we said hey we've done a random sample and and we think that our um, that the real mean height is what? Greater than 63.5? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it would be x bar greater than 63.5. Exactly. So you just, uh, you don't have to give a specific number. You don't even have to say 64. You just have to say greater than um, 63.5. So then um, the way that we would, uh, 
set this up with the, the randomization sampling distribution, we would calculate the sample statistics as if the null hypothesis was true. So um, what, would be, what would be the center of this randomization sampling distribution if the null hypothesis was true? Yep. So, So, and this is just, this is kind of important because it wouldn't be 64, like you wouldn't take your original sample mean, but you'd say, you, you take, this is a distribution in a world in which the null hypothesis is true. So the, the mean of this distribution is gonna be what the mean value would be if this was true. A lot, almost all the time, it's, it's going to be zero, but for this example, I couldn't really do zero because it wouldn't make sense. But um, so then we do, you're going to get this. Standard error is point zero, I'll do zero because it could be different. Um, so then if, if we wanted to calculate the 95% confidence interval for this, so this is a point estimate of the population mean under the null hypothesis. What would be the confidence interval of this point estimate? Did you, did you look at last time, like 63.7? Uh-huh. 63.9? Like and it's actually... No, I mean, I mean 63.5%. Yeah, 63.52. And then 63.54. And then... So the 95% confidence interval would be this. And so, um, so then, and then we have our, our sample uh, statistic. Yes? You all agree with the standard error. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, so this is our, our randomization sampling distribution, and so we, we create a distribution as if um, the null hypothesis was true. And then, to do the hypothesis test, we need to see where our observed sample statistic fits on this distribution. And so, how would we, how would we do that? What's our observed sample statistic? There's some mean, right? Uh-huh. Of what? Or what? So what's the value of it? So it's 3.5, average? Well, so, so we, going way back to our original, we oh. pulled out 500 so people. 64. 64. And so it fits. And a two and a half. Actually, it fits way out here. If this continued out. So, what, and what would you say the p-value is? So, if, you know, we're going to pretend like these lines are the same. So, this is 64. This is 64. 64 meters around and then 63 and a half. Oh, 
it's it's purely oh, we're still on this. Okay, okay, our our original observed sample statistic. So so this is the the randomization um, sampling distribution to to test what the distribution would be like if the null hypothesis was true. Um, and this is the distribution of, of heights. And then once we get that, we see where does our observed sample statistic fit on the distribution. So if it fits way out here, what do you think the p-value? Uh, restating, what is p-value? Uh-huh. So, so what's the, the probability of getting a sample statistic from this distribution that is as extreme as that? Small. Very, yeah, very small. Or another way of thinking about it is the proportion of values that are as extreme as this one, and it's, you know, point zero, 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 one. Brittany? That's, what is that one called again? Randomization sampling distribution. So you, and this is used for hypothesis tests. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be centered on whatever the the null hypothesis value would be. You mean the bootstrap sampling? Yeah. Bootstrap sampling is is for confidence intervals. And then what is and then this is a sample. Sample, there's no, okay. Yeah, it's just a sample distribution. So now, to sort of pull it all together, oh, well, so would we would we um, reject, what would be our formal, and our alpha level is 0.05. So what would be our, our formal decision about this um, hypothesis test? So, um, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a little bit of a, of a step here to sort of show you how these two things are actually related. <clears throat> so, we did our study and we got a, a, a point estimate of 64, and so that's an estimate. And then, the confidence interval for that point estimate is 63.98 to 64.02. And when we do our hypothesis test, we want to know is sort of the, um, so we have, uh, for our hypothesis test, we have a point estimate as well, which is 63.5. And then that has a confidence interval. And what you want, what we're doing in a hypothesis test is saying, does the range of plausible values for these, for the null hypothesis and the alternative hypothesis overlap? Because if they, if they overlap, then um, what it's saying is that our sample that we got could have occurred by random chance if 
the null hypothesis was true? Did I lose you guys? So, um, so, the so we in this in this case we rejected the null hypothesis because ninety five percent like the, the confidence interval for our sample um, only goes down to sixty three point nine eight. So, with this sample, we're ninety five percent confident that the true population mean is within this range, and the null hypothesis um, would say that if the, the null was true, we're 95% confident that the mean would fit within this range. And so when, when, our, when the value for our alternative hypothesis is outside of this range, then we can reject the null hypothesis because our evidence shows that the null hypothesis isn't true. So, so you actually use the 95% confidence interval. Um, but to maybe just to illustrate, what if our, um, our null hypothesis was that the mean height is 63.99. And we have a distribution um, What would be the, the confidence interval Someone help me. 64.03. Okay, and we won't worry about this answer. And so, with this, the um, the two point the confidence intervals for the two point estimates overlap, and so what this tells us is that um, this point estimate of 64 could have occurred, like it, it fits, it's like right here, or actually right, right here on it. And so it, it could have occurred by random chance if the null, hypo null hypothesis is true, because it fits within the 95% confidence interval of, this, of the randomization sampling distribution. So it's sort of how the, the confidence interval and the hypothesis test are related, but you often just sort of see them as two separate things, but it actually, what you're testing is, is your sample, does it fit within the 95% confidence interval of the null hypothesis? And if it does, then it could have just occurred by random chance if the null hypothesis was true. So, that sort of pull, tries to pull together everything. So you can sort of see, when you want confidence interval, you use bootstrap sampling distribution. When you want um, to do hypothesis tests, you do randomization sampling distribution. Bootstrap is for confidence intervals. 
and the randomization sampling distribution is for is for um, hypothesis tests. Uh, for use randomization sampling distribution for hypothesis tests. So, but yeah, that sort of for, uh, that brings us up to speed with everything that we've done so far. All the different sample statistics, population parameters, and um, and I'd say. For, for the exam, one thing is just sort of, I mean, I think part of your note sheet should just have the terms, you know, just the terms and then if there's symbols associated with it, um, because I think that will, that will help you as you read the questions, you'll be like, oh, okay, sampling distribution, let me see, that is this, and so sort of have that. Um, and probably the other thing would just be doing practice problems of like, and, and all of, I think it's all of the odd problems have the solutions in the back. So you can walk, work through some of those. And I, I sent you um, part two from yesterday's assignment that sort of gives you sort of the, the template for sort of how to walk through each of those steps, like how to form a null hypothesis, an alternative hypothesis, the sample statistics that you're gonna use, um, the significance, sort of um, making the formal decision and even interpreting uh, the results. So are there from from the review slides, are there questions, particular slides that you that you're wanting to sort of have a refresher on? Randomization process. What's, do you know what slide number that is? It would just help if we're all. Is that it? Like you wanting to know how to do the randomization process or? Okay. So in, in the key thing with the randomization process is you have your original sample and you're wanting to um, create a new sampling distribution when, under the conditions where the null hypothesis is true. And so, so like with the, the gender and exercise study, um, the null hypothesis said that there is no difference in the amount of time, exercise time amongst men and women. And so you, we had our, our data set of um, uh, male, male or female in the first column, and then the second column was exercise time and the randomization process to create the new um, randomization sampling distribution was we just 
switched male and female randomly, we randomly assigned them to exercise hours so that we could create, so, so that it didn't really matter what your gender was on the amount of time you spent exercising. And so it, it creates a sampling distribution under the conditions that the null hypothesis is true. Yes. A, a randomization sampling distribution, because it's going to create this, uh, a distribution of sample statistics when the null hypothesis is true. Brittany, did you have a slide? I had a question on one of the homework. Uh-huh. I just didn't understand the difference between like a strong correlation and a strong trend. Hmm. What did it, did it say that? I like wrote something and then it was the answer. Let me see if I can find Assignment five. And do you know which problem it was? Okay. Yeah. Sure. So if 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 we have a um, a scatter. So if we have this, which is height and weight. Um, what would be the the direction of the correlation between height and weight? Positive. And so, um, and that's that's all you need to know. And what it's what this what the assignment was saying is that it trends upward. Right. The second, I think it was actually B because it was talking about how it was. It, um, like we see a positive upward relationship with the trend, but it's not very strong. Is that because they're spread out? Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's say that, like, um, well, yeah, like, I mean, another would be um, dollars and cents. Um, each dollar, it says, is two dollars. Okay. It would be a strict correlation. Okay, so it's like so it just would okay. be super tight. That makes but. Sense. But I won't. I won't um, have you differentiate between. Is that okay. it'll just it'll be more. Is this a positive, positive. correlation or negative correlation? Okay. And then are correlations uh, resistant to outliers? No, because say say we had a really Height and weight. Let's say we had a really tall, skinny person, um, and it would sort of it would say that the the correlation is actually a lot less than what it really is. Whereas if we took out the really tall, skinny person, then it would be kind of that would be the correlation value.
any other um, questions with the slides or general questions too? Uh -huh. Do you have a, is there a specific slide? Just, no. oh, okay. So to know the population parameter, um, well, what's in this course? What's the only way that we can come up with the population parameter? Um, first, Chelsea, then Tim. Chelsea. Well, yeah, but we don't. So that's why we do. Um, we, what do we do from the population? Yeah, we take a sample, and then we get a sample statistic, like a sample mean, and that gives us a point estimate for the population parameter. So, so we, uh, in general, we typically never know the population parameter. We only estimate it. So the point estimate. Uh, yeah, so the point estimate is our best estimate of the population, of the population parameter. <laughs> so, yeah, we, so, and you'll always hear me say it's our best estimate of the population parameter because we, we don't know. Um, but, you know, we, when we create a confidence interval, we can say we're 95% confident that the population parameter fits within this, this interval. Asking for relevant parameters, what all are we supposed to include? I was getting confused. Sure. On what exactly is? Oh, for the hypothesis test. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's good. Um, well, so it depends um, what your um, what your research question is. So, um, can you think of an example of of? Okay. We did. Um, like if you're doing, or even like the exercise one, like the difference in uh -huh. exercise between that. Uh huh. Exercise between that. Okay, so we have um, exercise is one variable, and then gender. So then, so so if that's the scenario, um, these are the characteristics that we're going to be running the hypothesis test on. So we need to know the sample statistics for these. And so um, with exercise, you first have to say, is this a, a quantitative or categorical variable? And so what would you say for that? So it's quantitative. And so then, and with, with the example we use, what's the, um, the sample statistic that we're going to be working with? OK, so it'd be x bar. So that's one relevant. Um, sample statistic. Then with gender, um, is it categorical or, or quantitative? Categorical. So proportion. So p hat. And um, and then the uh, then the actual alternative hypothesis is going to be what? What did we say for that one? Uh, 
the average what of the male? Yep. So, so another relevant statistic would be X bar of females exercising females and X bar of exercising. Okay. So basically, males. for a relevant parameter, you're just going to define your variables. Yeah, because if if you just sort of said, okay, my null hypothesis is X bar minus X equals zero. Um, I'd be like, what is what does X bar mean? You mean like the overall exercise time? Do you mean so that's why? But if if you did this, if you did do this and you just put in um, sort of so that I can look at this and I go back here and look at how you defined it. Then I, I kind of know what you're talking about. So yeah, some of you like would just put in symbols, and I'd be like, well, what are you, what are you measuring? So it just sort of lets the reader know these are these are the sample statistics that I'm going to be using in this hypothesis test. Any others? Yes. For standard error, so when sometimes you have, I don't know, I think it was like dividing it by two uh -huh. to get, I was kind of getting confused on what you do. Um, are you talking about the p value? Like um, when it's a two tail test or? Is there a way to find the p value? Is there a way? Um, yeah, so try and give Has your... Is an equation? Uh, let me think. Yeah. Um, but there's no other way than using that. Not that you guys would use. So the only way I can think, p-value is the proportion of values that are as extreme as um, the observed sample statistic. So I could, you know, in a sense, create a graph that has dots, like more extreme than the observed sample statistic. And I could, you know, I'd probably have 10 dots. And you'd have to count, okay, there's 10 of the 1,000 dots are as extreme as our observed sample statistic. And so then you could you could find it that way. But that, that's the only way that I would have you guys calculate it, because that's the only thing that, way that we've covered it. I figured out. Uh, okay. It was just like we were given a graph, and we had to determine the um, standard error, and I just didn't divide it. It was like two standard deviations. Oh, uh, OK, OK. Two OK. Did you have one, Chelsea? That's fine. Uh, well, so so there is so the equation for standard error is the same as the equation for standard deviation. And so I, if if we had like a thousand values, I wouldn't. Yeah. So. 
if we had a thousand values, I wouldn't make you do it. But if I had three values and I said, what's the standard deviation of this sample of three, I could do that because that would you could that's doable. And you would get a risk of value. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I would say, especially with the exam, um, the more you show your work, the better. Because if you just sort of say, this is the answer, um, and it's wrong, then I have nothing to work with to like help you out. My goal is to help you out. So. I need stuff to say, oh, you get a point for doing that right and that right. So, yeah. Sorry, uh, she was talking about standard deviation. So, if you said like you did three, uh -huh. so you get the answers, and what do you do after that part? Add them together. Just add them together? Yeah. Add them together. It's that the summation symbol. Oh, yeah. Which okay. means add each of the blocks oh, together. Okay. So, um, trying to think if there's. Yeah, so just showing your work would be valuable, and um, the, the, the test is, is, desi is designed um, to sort of show the spectrum of understanding. So I don't expect everyone, I don't expect anyone necessarily to get it all right, um, but I don't expect everyone to get it all wrong. So don't freak out if you're like, you know, you're thinking, I, I studied and I should know all of this. Um, It'll be a challenging exam, mainly because there's no point in asking questions that everyone could get right. Um, so there'll, there'll be a spectrum of, um, of stuff. So don't freak out um, with that aspect of it. And if you have other questions that you want to ask just right after class, that's fine, too. <laughs>